so yeah anyway like i like i'm saying the day i became a man is when i got a triple whopper by mistake because i was pulling through and i just really wanted a fucking giant cheeseburger right so it's like i'll just get a double whopper i won't take any of the shit off of it um got the cheese on it obviously and i thought that's what i ordered i thought that's the number i said and when i reached out to grab it expecting the weight of a double whopper it legit like dropped my arm with how heavy it was because <laughs> like, i was expecting something completely different and i was like holy shit and so i pulled that in and i pulled around and i usually just eat in the parking lot if i do go through a drive-through um because i don't want my shit to get cold and i i un i pulled it out and it was still super heavy and i unwrapped it and it was just the grossest like nastiest fucking shit ever and i saw it was a triple opera and i was like well fuck it i guess i'm going in. and i just i pushed this thing into my face and it was the grossest i think it's the most disgusting thing i've ever done to be perfectly honest with you and i've done <laughs> i've done stuff done some gross shit and but i when i finished i was like i'm a man now <laughs> i jumped and conquered a triple whopper with everything plus cheese plus my fries plus the large drink i'm sure i got at the time because i was in high school and yeah, dude, it was, it was, it's an experience I'll never forget, specifically reaching out and having my arm physically drop because the weight was, the weight of that extra patty was so much different. That is from so what I was incredible. Expecting. Yeah, dude, it's, it's an experience I'll never forget for sure. But yeah, I, that's, that's, that's the day my balls, that's the day my balls dropped. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even need a ceremony. You, no, nope. it happened right then. Yep. That reminds me, okay. uh, a guy I played baseball with when I was in seventh grade. We were like in an out of turn, out of uh, out of town tournament, and he ordered a triple whopper, and we're like, no way! And he ate it before a game, which oh, was God. pretty impressive, because I mean he was a stocky kid, but he wasn't like a big kid. So he ate it, and we went to our game, and his first at bat, I swear, he hit it to the fence, and he got a triple. So triple whopper just got a triple and then he yacked all over I'm the sure, field. Dude. You have to. I mean, that's fucking like, it's probably like 3000 calories. I mean, it's two days worth of a caloric intake <laughs> in one meal. It's fucking stupid, dude. I love it's it. One, it's it's it, the, the only thing I think that tops it is when they came out with the quadruple baconator and I was out with Ben and I challenged him. I was like, if you eat this whole thing, I'll pay for your meal. And he did. He crushed it. Ben can eat. Like, it's it's crazy because he's not a big dude, but he, Ben can eat for sure. Like, we used to have, like, and every time we would order the same thing at a restaurant, we would always, like, have a silent competition to see who would finish first. And it was it was a fair, more fair fight than you might expect. <laughs> and, but, yeah, I, it's it's not as gross as the me eating a triple whopper. Just the saddest thing ever. It's, it was, like, a cloudy day. It was just me by myself, just having this, this, I don't know if I want to call it religious, but it was, it was, it was a demonic experience. We'll call it that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you felt about this playlist, but I thought it was, it was fun and kind of good to just kind of have one that we didn't overthink. It was yeah, kind of just tossed together, which is a guilty yeah. pleasures playlist anyway. Yeah. I mean, mine was, I had my shit. I picked mine in like 10 minutes. I didn't even listen to my songs. I pretty much knew what I wanted. So we, I, I honestly feel like we discussed most of my picks last week. So we did. Uh, it might be a shorter episode. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. You ready to kinda, do it? I am kind of disappointed in Lou, though. 
He just refused to have a, a song. What, yeah, what the hell, Lou? You think you know a guy? Yeah, I mean, what what are we going to do, judge him? Zoe did the same thing today. She was really? like, I'm going to send you my pick. And then later on, I was like, you never sent me your pick. And she's like, I don't have one. I was like, what the fuck? Why is everyone being weird about this? Yeah, maybe they're just embarrassed. They don't want their dirty laundry aired out. <laughs> I got LFO and <laughs> Miley Cyrus. From Di- <laughs> yeah. I got Disney Miley Cyrus. Yeah, the Grease was... soundtrack. I mean. Whatever, dude. And we're just more secure in ourselves, I guess. We're just cooler in every way. Yeah. Shame, shame has left the building a long time ago, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, we are doing the Guilty Pleasures playlist. Yes, sir. Uh, this is basically the Unicorn playlist because uh, Guilty Pleasures don't exist, Kevin. That's right. <laughs> so let's get into it. <laughs> the last time I freaked out, I just kept looking down. A sister stuttered, baby, asked me what I'm thinking about. But like I couldn't breathe, you asked what's wrong with me. My best friend Leslie said, oh, she'd just be a Miley. The next time we hang out, I will redeem myself. My honey can't rest till then. Whoa, whoa, I, I can't wait to see you again. All right, guys, we are here. We're doing the Guilty Pleasures playlist. Kev, how you feeling? Uh, feeling okay. I uh, Like you said at the top, I don't really believe in Guilty Pleasures. I think if you just like something, you like it. But these are the, thing, the songs that I might not necessarily be as proud to like. So um, this is my not-too-proud not list. <laughs> I think you said it perfectly last week where you said uh, it's the Windows Up playlist. Which, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> one that uh, if someone pulled up and you wanted to seem cool, this would not be those songs. This would be like yeah, the... it's it's like the beginning of Office Space, um, where he's listening to I don't know some rap song and he rolls he rolls his window. I mean that's for a different reason, but it's the same the same concept at heart. Yeah, yep. And uh, I don't know. I had fun with the playlist. We don't have a lot of uh, audience submissions. Uh, so we're going to get a little more in-depth with our picks this week. Um, our first audience submission is from Benjamin. Our first and only, I should say. Everyone mm-hmm. else um, got a little uh, gun-shy, I think. So uh, Ben's pick was Beautiful Life by Ace of Spades. You have his email pulled Ace of, up? Ace of Base. Ace of Base, my bad. Yes, yes, I do have his email pulled up. Um, and he titles it The Age-Old Question. Uh what is a guilty pleasure in music anyway? Hopefully this play- playlist gets us the answer, boys. Uh, I like what I like, and I like Ace of Bass. Am I going to be shouting them from the mountaintops? Certainly not. But judgment be damned this week. My submission, Beautiful Life by Ace of Bass, is a certifiable banger. Change my mind. I'm, <laughs> I'll make the meme later. Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, we'll, we'll post his meme along with our, uh, our episode <laughs> this week on Instagram. His meme, his meme that will never get made. So, uh, he made yeah, it. no, we, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he posted it on the, uh, did he post it in the group chat? Yeah. Okay. It was the change my mind. That's right. I've, I've been really lacking on the group chat. I just, I don't know why, but, um, I completely missed your post for this playlist. And I texted you, what, three days ago? I was like, hey, man, are, we, are you going to make this playlist or did I just miss it? Am I stupid? What's going on? Um, so I don't know. I've been distracted by one thing or another and, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. 
sorry for the slander, Ben. I'm sure, and I'm sure it was a great theme. Um, but yeah, beautiful life by Ace of Base is uh, it's something for both mine and Ben's childhood. Um, every now and again, like we would turn off all the lights in our house, turn on a strobe light, and just have like family dance parties. And one of the albums we listened to was uh, "Load" by Metallica, and one of the other mainstays was. Uh, this album by ace of base and yeah we it's it has a special place in both of our childhoods uh, this is kind of ben's like uh genesis into edm i suppose it's very very basic it's very very 90s kind of euro trash shit um ace of base is fine <laughs> it's a certified banger um but it's good it's fine that's it's certainly uh, a guilty, certainly a guilty pleasure. This isn't a guilty pleasure playlist. This is a what did you hear when you were eight years old playlist. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's what did you listen to before you knew what good music was? <laughs> yeah, I I thought this song the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this night at the Roxbury shit. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I listened to it windows down earlier today, and I was like, you know what? On a back road, and no one can hear me listening to it. It's pretty good. You know, I, it's yeah. not great, but that's kind of how I feel about most EDM anyway. And to hear something <laughs> that was, uh, I don't know, it kind of felt like, dang, I feel like I know Ben a little bit better now. Yeah, like I said, it's it's his genesis, essentially. So you know exactly where his love for EDM comes from. And it's from, a lot of it's from Ace of Base. So, yeah, uh, good pick, Ben. It's, it's certainly brought some memories back for me. Yeah, especially the oh oh, <laughs> it's a beautiful life. Oh oh, it was um, yeah. Since it was our only audience submission, I kind of did some digging, and it was kind of interesting to read about like the whole band's, you know, g- how long they went on. I think they made like three albums, and then they tried to replace somebody, and it didn't really work out. And it was just kind of cool to see that, like, I don't know, it was like a time and place. Not that I want yeah. people's careers to get cut short, but. Uh, how far could Ace of Base have gone? You know, Not, about as far as they went. I think they they were on the musical landscape for as long as they could possibly be. Yeah. So, um, you ready to get into my pick? I got my Let's first. Get pick into it. Locked and loaded. My first pick: Summer Nights by John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John from the Grease soundtrack. I want to hear your your thoughts first, honestly. No. Huh? Okay. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit last week and it's undeniably a classic. Um, it's definitely a guilty pleasure song. I don't think a whole lot of grown men in their thirties and on would admit to liking show tunes readily. I mean, I don't care. I love like musicals and show tunes as I've evidenced with my, uh, power metal picks and shit like that. I mean, I had a song that was literally the fan, like the phantom opera ghost a few weeks ago for metal. Um, shit a month ago now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, Greece is still relevant in a lot of ways, uh, especially with this like summer loving thing. It's the push and pull between the way Travolta tells the story and Olivia Newton, Don John tells the story, but also the different questions that the friends are asking. Um, it's just, it's really funny because it's an old school, obviously, way of looking at how men react to summer flings versus how women react to summer flings. I mean, I'm not going to get into all the uh, the politics or whatever, all of the, the psychology behind the difference between men and women. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, a very old school and very charming still look at 
yeah, a summer fling, essentially. Yeah, it, it's just a classic. I think everyone grew up with this song in one form or another. And I, th- it's one of my earliest memories is watching this on VHS at the house and just like swooning over Olivia Newton-John. Because like... She, I think she was everybody's first crush. If you grew up in the '90s, like you watch an she's old- an absolute, absolute smoke show in that movie, dude. Especially at the end. Oh my god, the end, dude. <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah, that changed. What's that leather? The full leather outfit. Yeah, that changed a lot of people for the better or the worse. Um, it's it, there's something so relatable in one way or another of just like going on summer vacation, having something significant happen. And you can't wait to come home and tell your friends. And it's just, it's so funny to like tell it from like a, a 1950s, like, oh, did you get somebody? Are you rubbing elbows? <laughs> um, it's so funny to hear like the sleazy guys want to know. And then the girls are like, oh, did, was he like romantic? Like, it's just mm-hmm. so, it, it's funny to, to, like you said, the psychology of where both of their heads are at. And on top of all that, like the song just rocks. These two are like, great singers uh, that note that John Travolta hits at the end that took some stones to just go all out um, there's so much to like about it and it just feels like the end of summer that's like my favorite time is like the end of August early September it's just like it starts cooling down a little bit everyone's got a tan everyone's like confident I don't know it's it's it commemorates a lot of cool things that I really like yeah it makes us long for our youth again right our, our mm-hmm. bygone youth um i've really kind of come to kind of come to grips with my uh my aging self recently and it's uh it sucks so anything that can remind me of like a, a, a simpler time is always going to be something that i enjoy mm-hmm. but yeah I, uh, there's it, and no one is like that proud of greece i don't know if it holds up well or not but it's still like you can't help it you, you love it regardless yeah, I think it holds up. I mean, it's it's a classic love story, and you know, you got the the little side stories that are just as intriguing. Uh, it's just a it's a it's a well written, just simple to digest story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you ready for my first pick here? Let's do it. All right, I'm starting off with a bang as well with everybody. everybody. <laughs> yeah, rock your body. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Backstreet's back by the Backstreet Boys. This was. Uh... Can I ask you a question before we get into it? Sure. What What Backstreet Boy are you? I mean, there, there, I am. There was a Nick Carter in the Backstreet Boys, so I think I almost have to be Nick Carter, don't yeah, I? Yeah. 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 I mean, I I can't even remember all of their names. There's... I remember in I remember in sync better than Backstreet Boys. Wow. Um, Brian, Nick. AJ, someone else. There was five of them, I think, four or five. But yeah, I was such an AJ, or so I thought. <laughs> I, I've been wanting to be a bad boy my whole life. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I was always more of an NSYNC guy, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. NSYNC was better. NSYNC was better, dude. <laughs> all right, sorry, you can go ahead and start. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm aging myself quite a bit with all of my picks like you said earlier, it's just what you listen to uh, before we knew what music was good. But I, I mean, I never really thought like the boy bands of the late '90s, early 2000s were good. But they're undeniably like 
catchy and poppy and good in that sense. Uh, and this song is, I think, probably their best song, probably their most well-known song, uh, at least for people that didn't grow up in that era. I think it still holds up, I think, in this modern like dance era. This is a, this, You could throw this on at any Halloween party and it would fucking bring the roof down. Uh, it's also one of the best music videos from that time. Um, it's really campy and fun. It's like a Hotel Transylvania kind of thing. Uh, all the Backstreet Boys are danced up. And this was kind of the beginning of their bad, quote unquote, bad boy phase um, that both of those bands, both NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, tried to go through. I really wanted to put Dirty Pop on here, um, but it felt too on the nose. Uh, so I went with this one because it's just really good. And that chorus, you can't help but sing along to it. The gang vocals, I know you're going to touch on it, but there's just something so infectious about a song everybody in a bar or a party can sing along to. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I am team Backstreet Boys, and I can't believe you pick a Backstreet Boys song and being team NSYNC. And it kind of seems comical now, to, because there's nothing really you can relate that to anymore. Like, yeah, in the 2010s, we had like One Direction versus whoever the hell, um, Five Seconds of Summer, maybe. Sure. Um, but really, there was nothing quite like just being team backstreet boys or in sync and it just felt like what what side are you on and it, it felt yeah, it was it, it felt it was, huge it was, back then yeah it was like team britney or team christina and i was always christina 100 how could you and i have a, i know and i've got a britney song instead of a christina song because i think christina is just actually good yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um it, dude i just i don't know there this is the first album i ever had on a cassette and i think that is probably why I'm so like in love with this pick. Um, it's crazy. This is from their debut album. Um, just wild to me. Um, it's very nineties. And I think that's part of its charm. Uh, it's kind of like, I don't even know, but it, it's just crazy that it's a debut album. Uh, they probably, I don't, I don't know the story of how Backstreet Boys met and everything, but it just kind of felt like, Hey, let's throw five attractive guys that can all sing into a band together and give them a little bit of a bad boy energy and just go for it. I want to talk about the the music video a little bit because I feel like this would be a good one for us to cover someday. We yeah. aren't like a music video podcast, but I think there's so much in that that I rewatching it the other day I was like, "Holy shit, there's so much that has infected me like why I like uh, horror movies and like why I like like campy horror. A lot of that, all those tropes are in one music video, and it's it's mm -hmm. a really cool. Like I would want to visit that house. Yeah, one hundred percent. I want to be at that party, dude. Yeah, and they're all like one guy's wearing the Phantom of the Opera mask. One guy's wearing, you know, there's it's so cool. And yeah, if I you think, haven't I seen think it, Nick, Sorry, I, th I think Nick is the mummy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know AJ, I think is Phantom of the Opera, the bad boy. Of course he is. Um, but I also got my first girlfriend because of Backstreet Boys, so um, I'll always uh, owe them for that. I was wearing a Backstreet Boys T-shirt to school, and a girl's like, "I like your T-shirt. You want to be my boyfriend?" I was like, "Hell yeah, yeah, yeah I do." <laughs> do you think I'm an AJ? Check yes or no. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's gang vocals in the song too, which. Uh, if you trace it all back, I think a lot of the sounds and cool stuff that they did in the 90s that 
might have missed the mark ended up coming back and being a lot cooler in a different way later on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so my second pick, Kiss You by One Direction. Uh, I think I talked about wanting to pick a One Direction song last week, and this is the one I was referring to. And it's because I didn't know what this song was until much, much later on. My family used to borrow my car, and I would, and in turn, I would like we would basically swap cars when my family went on vacation, and I would drive my mom's Jeep, and whatever was in the CD player, I just left in, and I was driving. I, I don't even remember where I was driving, but I was driving the back roads when it was like spring. And this song came on and I was like, what is a song? This is like, oh my God, there's cowbell in it. I think at one point, like, ugh. and it gets to the chorus and it's like, it makes you want to sing along, makes you want to learn the words. And I was like, I want this in my veins as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, whether they came on the radio or whether I heard them when I used to work at Under Armour, it was just... It was cool. Like, I, and I think I was kind of fortunate to not have One Direction shoved down my throat. I just like kind of discovered them organically. And I can get why people don't like the hubbub of everything that goes on with all the famous people and all that stuff. But like, if you listen to One Direction without any of that, that outside noise, they're fucking, they're dope, dude. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not as big on it as you are, obviously. Um, but I can see why you liked it. It's, I mean, the drums are just pop punk drums. I mean, it's, it's really super high energy, uh, really, really fun. I mean, it's bubblegum as shit, but that's what they were. I mean, it's very clear what their target audience is. Um, you know, I wrote, if I was a, if I was a 12 year old girl, this would have been on my windows down playlist easily. Um, but I'm not, I'm a 35 year old man. So <laughs> it fits perfectly here. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fun. It's well-produced. Um, it's very reminiscent of the the I would call it the second wave of boy bands with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and yeah it's just a lot of fun I think it was just a little after my time to like be able to appreciate it I think I can like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC because I, I was in the thick of it um, like I was in middle school and high school when they were big uh, so it doesn't this doesn't hit me the same way but it's still that same poppy just super super sweet super well done uh just a bunch of talented little boys doing little boy things <laughs> and they all went on to be successful you know yeah yeah for the most part which is rare for a boy band once they break up it's usually just one i mean none from the backstreet boys perspective i mean you got and really just one from nsync so unless you count joy fatone doing hosting gigs or the voice of family feud yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's it, it, One Direction's a cool story because they actually all did break out and have you know relatively successful uh, solo careers. I mean, especially Harry Styles. I mean, is is blowing up right now, dude. Yeah, I just I had him like in a a movie trailer on my Instagram feed the other day. He you can't avoid the guy right now. Yeah. What you got for your second pick? So for my second pick, I have, I already alluded to it. I have Toxic by Britney Spears. And this very well could have been on the Windows Down playlist. I'm not really ashamed of this pick, um, but it feels better on this week. Uh, and say what you will about Britney. Whoever made this beat is a genius. It's such a good, infectious beat. It's 
I know it's sampled from something. I don't know remember, don't know what it's from, but I don't really care. Um, and I, as I previously mentioned, I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge Christina over Britney guy, but Britney with sexy whispers lyrics just better than anyone in the world. Uh, it's it's it, it, like the pre-chorus where she's like really brings it down to that whisper, and then she talks about the she bursts into the toxic chorus. It still gives me a Pavlovian response in my wiener. what is that is that strings a violin yeah yeah it's it's strings it's some sort of string on a uh i'm sure it was played on a keyboard or whatever uh but it's just the way she just delivers sexiness in like a just a dirty way is just really always been really i think she has that over christina where christina just has pure vocal chops and she's probably one of the better vocalists to come out in the last 30 years uh britney just she went full sex appeal after like her first album and it it worked for her so and the outfit she wears in this video and again another fucking awesome video it's got that kind of austin powers james bond spy flick feel to it and so does the song and and it's sonically uh and it's really a sign of the times because that shit was blowing up at the time austin powers was huge the bond series was coming back in full force and yeah she just looks good as shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's the stewardess outfit that that everyone remembers. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Like that kind of like space stewardess outfit, like kind of like the Fifth Element, like whatever. Yes. Uh, whatever they wear on that, the I forget what the name of the cruise ship is, but yeah, it's it reminds me very much of that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're this is a second song in a row that I think we're like, dang, we should probably do more music videos because yeah. I, especially I, even if we don't do like a ton maybe just ones that like impacted us because uh we talked about big papa last week we've talked about uh everybody from backstreet boys and this one it's like maybe i remember more from music videos than i thought you know uh because a lot of these songs you can see the music video when you hear them um it's kind of funny i i remember this song being like the tail end of britney's like popularity or like being super Britney, but I guess she had her meltdown in 2007. So maybe, I mean, memory is kind of a funny thing. Maybe, maybe 2003 was her last good year and she started having kids. I I, I can't remember. Um, but I always associated this with like the last big thing I remember from Britney before, you know, everything surrounding Britney became more than her music. And this is, it felt like she was on top of the world. At this time. Yeah, this if I remember correctly, this was like kind of like a comeback thing for her. She had some sort of controversy. I don't remember what exactly in the timeline it was, but she had something going on. And I remember her coming back with Toxic and be like, oh shit, Britney's back. And uh maybe it was just like her first album that was more adult, because I think Slave for You was on this album as well. So it's either Britney her third did... or fourth album. So it's not it's yeah. not an early album. Yeah. So and I think Christina did Dirty around the same time. So they were they both graduated from being wholesome teenagers to like full grown female adults. And they both wanted to like, it's kind of like the bangers era for Miley Cyrus. This was their bangers era essentially. Except, <laughs> except this was good. <laughs> yeah. And, and Britney Spears also ran around in a schoolgirl outfit and Christina Aguilera had genie in a bottle. So it's not like they were that. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, like they were sure. That. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, they were they were older than Miley was when they started out. So right, um, yeah, God, I love it. 
I, I love that era. <laughs> that was such a cool era in music. Because even like Britney Spears and Limp Biscuit were being linked together at some point. Um, yeah, it was like a whole big thing at the Video Music Awards. Like, I think Fred got sat next to one of them and it was like a whole big thing. And I don't know, it was weird. Eminem was involved as well. It's It was, it was a strange time for sure. Um, yeah. So let's talk about my third pick. See You Again by Miley Cyrus. Um, I think I was around 13, 14, 15 when this song came out. And I should have hated it, but this chorus just like me and my buddies would listen to this together. And it's not like we were proud of it, but we we loved it. And there was no shame. I remember going to baseball practice and being like, let's put on that Miley shit before we go in. Um, <laughs> it's it's I think it's because it, it seems like a self-aware song. Um, she's kind of just like telling a funny story about how she's really nervous around this guy and that she wants to. She's going to impress him the next time. You know, it's next time it's going to be a little different. You know, maybe I looked at the ground and, you know, my friend had to do all the talking for me. But next time I'm going to impress the shit out of you. Um, And I do like the little westerny guitar in there that's kind of peppered in. And it kind of seems out of left field, but there's it almost makes it seem a little more legit. And. I just love this song. I, I, I'm excited to hear your thoughts because you are the token Miley fan on this podcast. Yeah, it, yeah, it's no surprise that I I, I have a st- strong love for Miley, um, both physically and, <laughs> and uh, musically. I think she's just I think she's really talented. She makes kind of cool music, uh, but yeah, Young Miley isn't really my thing. Uh, but she seems That's like good. she's always yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> let's let's make this clear. Young Miley has never and never will be my thing. <laughs> uh, we're we're closer in age than and then it you know it makes it a little bit better now that she's also I think she's what thirty now or twenty nine, so yeah whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, you know, she's always had like a, a penchant for like cool retroism in her music. I think I think that a lot of that has to come with just the the musical people that she grew up with all her life. I mean, Dolly Parton is her godmother or whatever the fuck their relationship is. And she's always been around. She, I mean, her dad's Billy Ray Cyrus, who blew up in the early 90s with one song. And yeah, I think it's just she always she was always had really creative people around her doing cool shit for her. And um, this song is no exception. It kind of feels Joan Jettish um, at a time where people weren't really doing that kind of thing. Certainly not 15 or however old she was at the time. Girls. I mean, you look at like Mandy Moore, who came out when she was 16, I think. And she was very much in that super sweet uh, like early Britney stuff where it was just young love i mean the, that many more video where she's driving around in a volkswagen beetle with little barrettes in her hair she's just very much a little girl doing like little girl pop where this is just feels a little bit more grown up even when she was young so it's, it's cool to see like she's always had that influence in her life and in her music mm-hmm. yeah is I that agree. yeah sorry <laughs> I, I had a big gulp of water that's okay yeah it, it it's kind of cool to hear Miley now and think like, okay, there was cool stuff here. It wasn't just like corny Disney music. 
Yeah, it wasn't all Hannah Montana shit. Yeah. Uh, let's hear your third pick. My third pick, uh, my own worst enemy by Lit, and I was between a few here. I wanted to pick something from that kind of weird. I kind of talked about it last week with like that Cali rock explosion that happened in the early two thousands, like kind of as new metal was falling off, there was like this void for some sort of rock. And that's where like uh, butt rock and Cali rock kind of filled the void for a little bit on MTV. And uh, it feels a bit cheatery to me because I don't really think lit is bad, but I don't really want to listen to them with my windows down necessarily. Uh, it's a, it's a nostalgia pick for me. I played the wheels off this album. This very well could have been a sugar Ray pick because I also played the wheels off the 1492 album from sugar Ray but I was almost too ashamed to put Sugar Ray on here. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 got that very, very Cali steez, but not really the good kind of Cali steez. It's like a sleazy porn producer Cali steez that Lit kind of has. Like that, that's their whole look. Like the the bowling shoes, the flame shirts, the super greasy hair. Uh just the kind of guys that would hit on you at a bar and you don't really want them to kind of thing. But I do, I mean, I love, I, I, I loved lit back in the day and this is their, probably their biggest hit. Uh, and it, it felt right to be on this playlist. Uh, and the chorus still goes hard. Like when they bring back the main guitar theme towards the end of it, it just, it's just a good shitty rock song from <laughs> their early two thousands. Yeah. It's, they gave us the hangover national anthem. Yeah. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Oh, man. There, there's so much wow. about this song that is just, like, very trashy. And it's kind of... Since it's so far in the past, it kind of feels charming in that in, in its trashiness. Um, I could have swore this was the this had the music video um, where they were playing on top of Pam Anderson's ass. And I was, no, that I was, was mistaken. Yeah, that was... Uh, what was that? You make me come. Yes. You make me completely miserable. That one. Yes. Yeah, that was that was old Pam Anderson. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I like Lit because they follow me on Instagram still. I, they have no yeah. reason to. They only follow like five hundred people, so I don't know what they're doing following me. Um, but I'm not gonna let them know. This always they always felt like an edgier like smash mouth or bullying for soup, but kind of harmless in the same way. Um it's just another great music video too. Uh, they're like set in the '60s or '70s, and they're at a bowling alley, and it's just like it, it doesn't feel that far fetched for these guys in reality of just like hanging out at a bowling alley and drinking pitchers of beer on a Monday night. Um, so yeah, I I love this song, and I think this is one of those few songs on our playlist that like everyone knows. I mean, Toxic, your last pick, has kind of had a resurgence on on uh, TikTok and recently and but but this song it feels like it's never gone away you can turn on any radio station and if you wait long enough on pop radio you'll hear this song so you kind of feel embarrassed because you at one point you thought it was kind of edgy and now it's like oh everyone listens to this you know yeah right it's just it's like dad rock right like everyone everyone three doors down first came out everybody loved that fucking band and then they're like oh no I, maybe not <laughs> um but <laughs> Yeah, no, I think your comparison to like an edgier Smash Mouth, they, they, I think that's pretty apt because I feel like they sit in kind of that same realm as like The Offspring does, where they're not cool, but they're certainly cooler than Bowling for Soup. <laughs> so, for sure. so, 
Yeah, and Offspring could have very easily made this list too, but I think Offspring is just legitimately too good to be on this list. I think they had some. I almost put Pretty Fly for a white guy on here, um, but it just it didn't feel right because that song was huge, and I think a lot of people actually still kind of like that song. It's just goofy. It's, it it was it was too self aware for it to be on this list. I think. Right. Yeah, and that I think that's kind of our picks is just lacking a little self awareness, or they're from the '90s and they they don't age as well. Um, yeah. speaking of things that aren't that self-aware, uh, if I know me by w- Morgan Wallen, um, it didn't feel right. Not putting like a pop country song on here because during the summer, I, I kind of dabble in, in pop country and it's not because like I hate it every other time. I truly don't really like it, but sometimes a chorus will catch me off guard and I'm like, especially this one where it's got that like cadence and you want to learn the words to it. Um, it just, it almost feels like storytellery and that makes it country. So I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mo- modern country isn't like our forte. And this song makes me just kind of rethink that. Like there might be some decent stuff here. You just gotta have to dig through some shit. Um, I think the the chorus is really 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 cool. Um, it took me like two weeks to learn it, and then when I did, I wanted to listen to the song all the time so I could sing along to it. Um, I don't know where I stand with Morgan Wallen as a whole because I don't really listen to music outside of this song, but I know this song slaps. Yeah, I think this is one of uh, he's one of the artists Cody had brought up to us right when he was yeah. talking about people to listen to. So, you know, I trust Cody's, uh, Cody's opinion on that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's like you said, modern country is not my cup of tea. It's maybe the one genre of music I have the hardest finding any sort of golden nugget in a really massive turd for, <laughs> but this is, this is a, it's decent. Like, I don't hate this song. It's got all the same tropes that I hate in country music, just your lowest common denominator shit in the lyrics, but it's the way it sounds. It's almost like an Ed Sheeran, like uh country track, if that makes sense. It's got that same kind of like cool acoustic feel that, that Ed Sheeran has, you know, regardless of what you think of Ed Sheeran, he makes decent pop music. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it feels cooler than it has any right to, I think. And uh, it, it's, it's pop country still, but it's less, it's far less offensive than that is normally to me. So yeah, and I didn't hate listening to like I didn't immediately want to turn it off. Like I, I could make it through the whole song multiple times without like wanting to fucking throw up like I normally do with a lot of modern country, like your uh, y'all alternative and shit like that. So it it almost felt like it was fighting a lot of the tropes. It was like I bet you get hit on all the time. Like why don't we just like get out of here? I don't have to pour sugar in your Dixie cup. We don't have yeah. to get in the back of my truck. You know, we can just like we can kick it. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I just I have a really hard time with the country, man. I really do because even when they're fighting against the tropes, it's still a trope to be like, "I'm a, I'm a I'm an old fashioned boy. I don't need to do all that shit for you, little honey." You know uh, what I mean? It's I don't know. That I guess it's a good time to bring up my idea for next week's playlist is finding modern country that we like. I've already found an artist I like, so that's why <laughs> that's why I thought of it. I mean, I guess 
it's just going to be a lot of Chris Stapleton for me. <laughs> it's, it might just be five Chris Stapleton tracks. If I and one Cody and a Cody Garrett track. Yeah, I, I think you would be surprised if I. Yeah, I'm sure I would. I'll send you a playlist after this, and we'll see if we can come up with something. All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but uh, I'm not fully committed to that yet. Okay, but yeah, uh, let's get into your fourth pick, eh? Okay, uh, so my fourth pick is "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men, and this track holds again. This is another video that like stands out in my mind. This is like when I was first discovering like, um, like African American culture for the first time when I was growing up. It was very much through like boys to men and like the hip hop that was being played on MTV and in living color and Martin and stuff that was just on TV. And I was like, so like in love with it because it was something so different than what the environment I was in. It was, I grew up in a very white neighborhood in a very white town with a very white family. So uh, seeing how like different that culture was to mine was like, I, I've been, I was in love with it and I couldn't get enough of it. And Boys to Men were kind of like on that forefront. Like uh, I forget what the the documentary on Netflix is called, um, but they kind of bridged the gap between like the gangster rap at the time and like like a cleaner version. It was kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air for music. Essentially, it was like we're not all the same. Like we have there's different facets to what we have, and I think it was a really cool representation of what was going on in the community at the time. And uh, but yeah, my political statements aside about race. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just they, they hearken back to a time where a man can unironically simp for a woman and that's okay and I think that there's something there, there's an old school romantic in me that just really loves that facet of courtship and like there's nothing gross in this song it's about making love and holding you tight and I will not let go until you tell me to. And it's just, it's so, so super sweet and like loving. And not to mention these guys are fucking incredible vocalists. They they really changed what boy bands would become. I mean, there was new, new kids on the block around the same time, but um, Boys to Ben really kind of set the formula of what boy bands are. It's make women swoon with how sweet you are and how, uh, you know, how basically the, the guys you want to take home to your mom is what they presented. And I, I listen to this song a lot more than I would like to admit. And it's because of that amazing chorus. It's so fun to sing, uh, whether I'm good at it or not. It's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it makes me feel good. Like it, it, it's just, there's nothing wrong in the world of boys to men. Yeah. There's a sheen to it that almost feels like prom night. Um, yeah. It's, you you feel like you could play this like with adult supervision around, <laughs> but that that that's not a bad thing. It, for me, it almost felt like a, a coming of age movie where the nerdy boy got the the prom queen, and it was like it's because he's such a nice boy, and he treated her good. I I don't know. There was something so I I didn't listen to a lot of Boys to Men growing up, so this was my first time I think ever hearing a, a true Boys to Men song all the way through. Um, it's got '90s written all over it, and I think the only thing that really dates it is the 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 background sound is just yeah, god the, awful. The horrible synth or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and it, what sucks is these guys have like great great four part harmonies, but it's got this like '90s sheen on it, and it almost makes you wish that like 
someone would take the background track out and like put a really cool sound to it and just kind of update it because it kind of feels like it needs that a little bit. Not yeah, saying it, I don't like it, but it it sounds super nineties. Yeah, it's very it's very much like the uh, the fifty greatest love songs meme that's coming back. Like it's it's got that that sound to it. If you're having trouble like picturing it in your head at home, um, but I mean, fuck, dude, that first line, the close your eyes, make a wish. Like it's just the way they sing it. It's just like ah, oh, fuck. Like any woman would fucking love to have that sung to them. It reminds me of when I used to work at Under Armour and I would be in the stock room with my buddy Jamai and him and I would take turns putting on our iPods. I almost guarantee you he put on Boys to Man at some point because he was a big uh, R&B, like art 90s R&B. And uh, he would always say, you'll know nothing about this young whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> it would always crack me up because we were the same age. But uh, yeah, it, something about this song just makes me want to say that to people. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you don't know yeah. nothing about this young whippersnapper. Uh, so my fifth pick is Every Other Time by LFO Um, admittedly I had a cornier song than this originally and I'm glad you didn't see it Uh, yes Juliet by LMNT okay not Um, familiar uh, you you don't want to be familiar (laughs) if you don't like this there's no way you're going to like LMNT well okay I had to put this on here because it meant so much to me as as a kid, and I heard it the other day uh, after our after my five picks ended. It started like a, a radio station before anyone else put their picks in, and this song came on, and I was like, "Is this my favorite song of all time?" <laughs> <laughs> I have so many positive memories with this song that uh, it might be my favorite song of all time. Um, they were just like my gateway into all music, like. I remember this having the CD and like thinking it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. There's a lot of songs on this album that are awful. And I made Zoe listen to it the other day and she was like, please, the ear murder needs to stop. And I'm like, no, I love it. Um, but I remember this is around the time I got into Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Baja Men, and all the like Cali Surfer music. It's obviously corny and, and somewhat poppy, but... I still think there's a little bit more to it than meets the eye. Um, it has a great post chorus that like, keep it up home girl. Don't you quit? Like it could, they could have phoned it in, but somehow there was this like little things that like kind of caught you off guard. Um, there's turntables in it, which makes it super 2001. Um, and some na 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 na's, which I know Kevin loves. Um, it just kind of perfectly encapsulates, I think 2001 because it was such a weird time new metals going on so they were like you know what new metals kind of got a lot of turntables let's throw a turntable in there dude um and it just makes me so happy listening to this because i feel like i'm eight years old again listening to this yeah it's uh i almost put some lfo on here just full disclosure just more as a joke than anything i would have replaced it probably but um i this is garbage. <laughs> I fucking hate this song. Um, it's it's unequivocally horrible. It's wussy pop at its worst. Um, it's 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 very much a response to. It, it's kind of like what you said. There's so many different things going on in like popular music at the time. Like really heavy metal was popular. Boy bands were popular. Um, bands like Lit and Offspring were popular. And this just feels like a very 
corporate response to that. Like, hey, let's get three attractive Cali boys. Let's put them in a studio and let's just throw all this shit at a wall and see what happens. Because I don't know what LFO is. Are they a boy band? I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows. I don't. LFO think. is a friend you make along the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. Um, you see, the LFO even put my fucking... Oh, no, oh. I'm getting an ad for, for something. <laughs> for Pampers, because this is baby music. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. You're going you're gonna to talk up boys to men and then dig on LFO. You got yeah, a lot dude, of... Dude, not even close Apples to, to oranges. Not even close to the same stratosphere, my friend. <laughs> How dare you? A song that's literally titled, I'll Make Love to You. And let me, let me play... Of- let me play this Pampers commercial again. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna tell me that I'll make love to you is less corny than every other time. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. This LFO sucks, dude. At least at least boys to men have like talent and like I think they wrote a lot of their stuff. You know, they probably didn't write a lot of their stuff. LFO has anyway. Let's not argue about this. <laughs> Because we can go all day. I feel like you're being devil's advocate here. No, I, I no. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll put it. We'll put a Twitter poll up there. Yeah. Who's better, voice to men or LFO? And, no, and we'll, no. We'll we're not going to do another slanted poll from Kevin Carter. I won't. I won't slant it. I'll just. I'll just straight ask the question. Um. But yeah, no. It's 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 pandering to like 13 year old girls, and it worked for like a year and it, it made me kind of jealous it's kind of like crazy town like i i really almost put butterflies on here because it's very much in the same vein it's like but like an edgier version of lfo it's like lfo was the abercrombie and fitch boys crazy town was like the tattooed skater boys but doing basically the same thing um i do love the line where his date told everyone he was gay um and i was like well you made this song my guy <laughs> so- yeah, and then he's like, nobody else thinks that, though, right? <laughs> Everyone does. You're an LFO. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know, man. LFO was like a place in time. I think the singer actually died really young from, like, brain cancer or something. So it, it's always like a place in time. And I love making you feel like a dickhead. Yeah, that, that, you're not making me feel like a dickhead. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so let's get into your last pick before we argue. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, another 90s uh, R&B classic, Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Again, this isn't really a guilty pleasure for me necessarily, but it's not something I would like play for my friends, essentially. It's something I love personally. I think it's an incredible song. I think Tony Braxton doesn't get near enough credit as she should. I mean, people that know Tony Braxton know Tony Braxton. It's not like she was a she was an underground artist. She was big, but it's like when people talk about '90s R&B, they talk about Whitney, and they talk about Boys to Men, and they talk about, um, and literally, uh, there's a lot of other people they'll they'll talk about before they get to Tony Braxton. Usually, um, it's it, and again, I kind of talked about it with my last pick. It's pretty clear that I loved R&B growing up because it was so much different from you know, the metal that like the fucking Iron Maiden and Guar, my older brother was showing me. And then the Beatles, my, that my parents listened to, uh, it was just so much different and it's just was unimaginably cool to me. And the, the passion that Tony sings this song with is really, really 
like it it sinks its hooks into you like right into your heart and it just pulls it right out of your chest and like she has like a super deep voice and she whispers like whisper sings in that deep voice and that's incredibly hard to control that um it's like trying to talk with a deep voice but also whisper at the same time it's like your voice is going to waver and hers never really does and it's just super super impressive and then she belts out that chorus and then does the little falsetto for tears there's just so much vocal like gymnastics going on in this song and uh yeah i I really love a deep female voice both in vocally and just when they're speaking i think a, a deeper female voice is super sexy to me i like a husk to it um yeah, man, it's just, it's so fucking beautiful, this song. And it's uh, it's funny, somebody was playing this at work and uh, they cut it off and I continued to sing it. And like everybody peeked their head around like the footwear bins to look at me. I was like, yeah, I fucking know Tony Braxton. I fucking love this song. They're like, yeah, I guess everybody loves Tony. It's it's It makes sense. But yeah, they were all like surprised that I like knew the rest of the chorus. <laughs> yeah, dude, her, her, her voice is beautiful and it mm-hmm. carries so much weight. And I think it's kind of a disservice that 90s R&B had such trash beats. Like, this is the second song in a row that I'm like, I love the vocals, but like, it's almost like they went shopping in an R&B store and they were like, we got five beats for you, you better pick pick the right one. And it's like, okay, I got five to choose from because they all kind of sound the same. Like, it, it sounds the same as like Casey and JoJo like back in the day uh it yeah. they all kind of have that same sound um if someone would have just mixed it up a little bit these guys could have or tony braxton could have been even bigger not to say that she wasn't big enough and it, regardless uh this song makes me feel like i should be watching days of our lives it felt like it had that much drama with it and i don't even what's this song called again unbreak my heart yeah so like break my heart say you love me again yeah it just feels super dramatic and i love it for that because just to go all out for a song about someone to take it all back you don't mean this breakup baby take it back i'm break my heart but yeah yeah, i don't know it i would love to hear the the last two picks you had just kind of reimagine with new a new background and kind of see how powerful they could be yeah, I mean, I talk about that all the time. Like, I, that's part of the reason why I love Michael Jackson's Escape album so much is they had all the original songs, but then they like just updated them a little bit and had some features on the songs. And it just was it was a really cool experiment in what I wanted to happen with Michael Jackson's catalog for the longest time because he has that same kind of like electric drum, just hideous '80s and '90s beats behind it. Um, and just putting like a regular, normal, well-produced track. I mean, it was well-produced for the time. That's what they had, but, uh, it just, it just sounds so much better. And I, I totally agree with you. It, it doesn't take me out of the experience because that's what it sounds, what it's always sounded like to me. And I still have loved it, but I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I would love to hear these with like actual modern production behind them and modern, you know, synthesizers or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, but before we move on, we have to talk about how absolutely gorgeous Tony Braxton is. I mean, it's, I mean, just easily one of the most attractive women of the '90s. I mean, it's just it's not even close, really. And uh, it's 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 every time I see a picture, I'm like, holy fuck, she's gorgeous, dude! I can't get over it, and uh, it's it's crazy. I know that has nothing to do with the song, but she is a beautiful, beautiful woman. No, you're right. You're right. And she, yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
again, Whitney and like um, Mariah Carey get a lot of that shine. But and then it's like, oh, yeah, Tony Braxton was also a fucking dime piece. She's still beautiful, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Okay. Um, You ready to do songs of the show? Let's do it. All right. Um, My song of the show is what? No, go ahead. I, I just just gonna say I forgot to listen to your song. I That's okay. Um, uh, Foxglove by Boston Manor. Uh, Zoe and I had seen Boston Manor open up. Uh, they played with Heart Attack Man, um, Oxymoron, and they were opening for Neck Deep, and we saw them in Pittsburgh. And Boston Manor blew me away because I'd always known of them and I never really listened to them. And hearing them live, I was like, damn, this was really cool. And I, I'm almost positive they played this song live. Uh, it sounds really familiar. Um, super British, and I, I love it. So it's British punk, so it's always cool. Yeah, and uh, fittingly for May, I picked It's Gotta Be Me by NSYNC. I had to. Uh, sticking with the theme of the playlist for this week, just because I haven't been really listening to a whole lot of new music recently. My uh, my release radar has been less than stellar recently, at least from my by my taste. So I just went with It's Gonna Be May. Uh, from the No Strings Attached album, which is uh, iconic. It, yeah, it's iconic. I mean, it could I could have picked anything from that album, really, but you know, I figured I'd pick the meme instead. So yeah, there you have it. I love it, and I I don't hate NSYNC, but you know, I I do love that No String Attached. I remember uh, when Y2K was coming in, like the the New Year's end of Y2K. Um, uh, Dirty Dirty Pop came on dirty pop that was the first music video that came in in 2000 uh the year 2000 and that was so exciting sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about what's the deal with this pop life (laughs) that's gonna be our i'm gonna put that as our outro that's fine uh i'm very clearly a good uh stand-in for justin timberlake in that era because he just sang through his nose yeah it didn't get much better until he met Timbaland. Um, so let's talk about what our plans are for next week. We've got a few different options. Um, the country thing that I already talked about with you. Um, and then we also have another thing we're kind of working on. We There's like a Metallica playlist that we might do. Uh, something that's already been predetermined for us. So um, if you guys have a, thoughts or opinions, let us know on the internet. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm I'm down. To, I'll, I'll I'll challenge myself. We'll do the country thing next week. Um, it's gonna be a struggle. I'm gonna have to start tonight probably. <laughs> figure this shit out. Uh, but there is a hundred percent gonna be at least one Chris Stapleton song on there. That's so. fine. I, I'm really excited to kind of push what we think of me- country music because there's so much more than just what what's on the radio. Yeah, I mean, for a podcast that's about pushing your personal boundaries, I feel like it's probably time we did that. Yeah. <laughs> just just picking shit we like. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to give us a shout on Twitter, we're at OffClef. Instagram is at OffTheBeatClef. And we love emails, OffTheBeatClef at gmail.com. Uh, this is going to be on YouTube, as is uh, our previous episode, or two episodes ago, with Mason Miller, uh, what we've been into lately. Um Sorry that was a little delayed, but it's it should be up by the time you guys see this. Um, so yeah, check us out on YouTube, Off the Beaten Clef. Yeah, also, shame on you, Louie, for not submitting this week. How dare you? Yeah, 
we're gonna say it like three more times before we go. Shame, 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 shame. 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 I'm gonna put his face, and we'll just keep saying shame. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye.